Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. If you have your Bible, turn me to the book of Mark chapter 4. Mark 4, and I'll begin reading in verse 30. I'll do a little bit of reading here, so give me some time. But I promise I'm not going to preach very long. And he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God, or with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which, when it is sown in the earth, is less than all seeds to be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all herbs and shooteth out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. And with many such parables spake he the word unto them as they were able to hear it. But without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. The same day when the evening was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship. And so it was now full and that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and saith unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Today, uh, for just a few moments here, I want to preach to you a sermon that I preached many years ago, a storm called peace. A storm called peace. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you so much and we're so thankful to be in your house and to be among your people. We know that the weather outside is frightful, but your spirit is so delightful. And so we're going to hang out here for a little while. Speak to us, speak to our hearts, change our lives. Mature us, grow us, and help us, Lord, to not only be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And we'll be so careful to give you praise and glory. And the church said, amen. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Thank you for standing with me for the reading of the word of God. Amen. I, uh, I want to talk a little bit uh, in the opening of this message because I believe that these, these two things are connected in this story. Um, Jesus is telling a parable to his disciples. But before the great storm happens, and we'll get to that in a moment, uh, Jesus is elaborating to his disciples on uh, the parable of the grain of mustard seed. It is the, the, the parable of this, of this small seed. Jesus tells them that, that this seed, this grain of mustard seed is the smallest of all seeds, that there's no seed smaller than this in the ground. It is the least of these. And, but, but he says 
that, that, that small seed, that small mustard seed, if you, if, if you were to ever put it in the ground and let it die in the ground, that it would bring forth such a great herb, as he calls it, and it becomes greater than all of them, that in its, in its infancy, in its, in its seed form, it is the smallest of them. But if you ever sow it, if you ever put it in the ground, if you let it go through the trauma of birth, if you ever let it go through the trauma of rebirth, that, that it becomes the greatest of all the herbs. Shooteth out great branches, Jesus would tell us, and that many fowl of the air can come and rest upon it, that it will be such a great thing if you ever let it die in the ground. The soil is the key. For this seed. It is the least, but it can become the greatest if you ever sow it. Jesus is, is, is giving us this great revelation that each and every one of us, we, we have the potential, but the potential has to be sown. No, no matter how small you think your gift is, and if you were able to watch live stream last Wednesday night, you heard me talk about the three servants and the talents, the one that had five, the one that had two, and the one that had one. And the, the master said to his servant who had one who digged a hole and put it in the ground, who did nothing with it, he called him wicked and lazy. And his only sin was that he didn't do anything. He just, he didn't do nothing. He didn't get involved at all. And the master said, I, I wish that you would have at least taken it and, and, and given it to the money exchangers. And when I returned, I could have at least got my money back with usury, something. And the title of my lesson Wednesday night, if you weren't able to watch it, was do something. Just do anything. Don't, don't dig a hole and hide it. You have to sow it. Digging a hole and putting in a coin does nothing for you. The only way that that hole works in the ground is if you put a seed in it. Amen? There has to be a seed planted. And Jesus is talking to his disciples, and the Bible will tell us here, this is one of the places in the Bible that we kind of get, or we're privy to this moment that Jesus spoke a lot in parables. But when he, when he was alone with his disciples, he would expound upon it. The Bible says he expounded all things to his disciples. So he's in, a, he's in front of a crowd. He's telling these parables, stories. But when he gets alone with his disciples, he's breaking those things down in detail. He's saying, this is what I meant. This is, this is what this means. This is what that means. I'm, let, me, let me bring this out to you. What, this is what I was talking about. So when he's alone with his disciples, there's explanation of the parable. And I believe, I believe that in this setting, this story about the seed being the smallest and being sown in the ground and becoming the greatest. I believe that he's about to expound on it with a life lesson. He's about to explain what he's talking about with this seed. They're about to experience it because Jesus says, now let's go to the other side. And they leave where they were, got into a ship, and begin to sail across the sea to the other side several miles, probably around 8 to 12 miles wide at that time, if you do the research, 8 to 12 miles across this sea. And this sea is, if you ever look at it on a map, it's kind of in between, it kind of comes down into a valley, 
and it's, it's on like a peninsula where even today, if it's any kind of wind, any kind of weather, it kind of gets trapped in that, in that area. And that sea is renowned for crazy storms. Even though it's not, it's really just a big giant lake. It, it, it's just, it's known for having the tumultuous storms because of its location. And Jesus says, let's go across this lake, 8 to 12 mile trip. Let's go across. And so as they begin to go across the water, there arises, the Bible tells us that there arose a great storm. A, a, a great storm of wind. A great storm of wind. I think this is why this morning uh, when I was in my office pretty much deciding not to preach this message, like I'm going to just wait until next week, and the wind was blowing outside, I thought, no, you're, you're talking to me, Lord, I hear you. You know, we, we, have, to, we have to learn how the Lord talks. Got to learn how the Lord talks to you sometimes. And I was sitting in my office this morning, and I heard that wind blowing outside my window, and I looked, and I could see the rain blowing sideways, and I thought, I wonder how those disciples felt on that ship that night with the wind blowing sideways and waves crashing into the boat, and the boat is full. The Bible says the waves beat into the ship, so the ship was full. It's, it's full. And, and I, 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 I kind of understand what, what that feeling is like. Life has a way of filling you up. Life has a way of just packing it in. One thing happens and another thing happens and another thing happens. And we have a saying, when it rains, it pours. And life has a way of just, just filling you up. And you, you can go through something and it continues to grow and continues to go. Before, you, before long, you're just full. Life has a way of just filling you. Anybody have that feeling before of, you know what, I'm just, I'm just at a place where I'm just so full. And we talk about the straw that broke the camel's back or the, the, the little bit of water left that filled the ship. I just, I'm just so full. There's a, there's a place in the Bible that tells us that the enemy vexes the saints. If you ever looked at the word vex up, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a stacking. That it's like layers that the enemy vexes us. He stacks it on this and that and that and this. It's not just one thing. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not just one thing. It's this and that and that and this and this and that. And he said and she said and they did and I did and I couldn't and I wouldn't and I, I should have. And, and it's, it's, it's their boat was full and I, I can understand that moment of being full. Life has a way of beating you, the waves, and you're just full. You're like, I can't take one more thing. The phone rings, and you're terrified to answer it because you, you know it's going to be one more thing. What's wrong now? What's going on now? I know we don't have a big crowd today, but if I'm preaching you, to you, just say amen. I'm doing okay. Let me know something in the room, amen. I preached to a camera last week. Don't let me, don't let me do that this week. Life has a way of filling us up, vexing us, one thing after the other, one thing after the other. And, and if, if, if I've ever had a year in my life that stacked on, it's 2021, just stacking it on, stacking it on, just stacking it on, this, that. Not, 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 not one just great big thing, just a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And I was in this building every day for months and months on end, and, and it, just, it just this and that and this and that and this and that. 
And you're just so full. And, and, and to make it worse, when they got so full, watch verse 38. They get so full, the Bible says, and he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. Oh, what are you doing, Lord? I'm full. I'm stacked. It's stacked on. I can't even, I can't see my way out. I, I don't know. I don't know. And, and a lot of times it takes us being full to, to see where Jesus is, doesn't it? I don't know. I don't know why we're that way. I, I, we're humans living the human experience. I, I, I get it. It's just flesh. But it seems like we don't even we don't even look to where Jesus may be until it's full, until our lives are full, until our situations are full, and, and when it's too much and we can't bear it anymore, then we start looking. Where, where's Jesus? And the Bible says that he was in the back part of the ship and he was asleep on a pillow. Oh. Felt like David in the book of Psalms. Oh, Lord, why is it that when I get in trouble, I can't find you? Lord, why, why do you not hear my cry? Why do you not hear my plea? You see, they were already crying. They were already pleading. They were already in a tumultuous situation. They probably were yelling and screaming, but they weren't calling him. They were just calling out. There's a difference in calling out and calling him. And they wake him and they say, Master, and, and, and their words, their words ring so true with me today. Maybe, and, and maybe this message is just for Court Chavis today, and if it is, that's fine, because I'm going to enjoy it. What, watch their words. It, it's, it's, it rings so true. Here's what they say. Carest thou not that we perish? Don't you care? I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I know that I have in the last several months of my life, looked at the Lord and said, Lord, don't you even care? I mean, like, you see what's happening. You see what's going on in my world. You see what's happening at the church. You see what's going on. Like, I, I just, I, like, I don't even know, like, what to do, what to say, what to pray, what to, what to, what, what, what to even preach sometimes. And, and I, I feel like you just found yourself a pillow, took a break in my life, and you don't even care that I'm perishing. You don't even care. And you feel that way. You don't necessarily say it sometimes, but you feel it. You don't come out and just tell people, yeah, I'm pretty sure the Lord gave up on me. We don't say those things. We just, we just feel them. You feel the stacking on of life. And, and, and you finally look to where Jesus is, and he's nowhere to be found. He's asleep on the pillow. And you're like, Lord, don't you even care? that I'm, I, I thought I was your child. I thought I was doing the right thing. We're, we're with you. I am with you on the ship that you told me to get on. I'm preaching to some saints today that, that, that you're doing what God told you to do. You're not out of the will of God. You're on the boat that he told you to get on. You're, you're doing what he told you to do, but you're full right in the middle of being in God's will. Oh, hallelujah. I come to preach to somebody today who, who feels like, you know what, God, I'm doing what you told me to do, but I'm still so full of pain and I'm so full of sorrow and, and I, I feel like I'm in your will, but you're not talking, you're not saying much, and you're, I feel like you're asleep in my life and don't you care? I'm, I, I'm a child of God. I'm a tithe payer. I show up. I'm, I'm doing your work. I'm doing your will and I just don't feel like I don't feel like I'm your child, but I'm in the boat you told me to get in. I'm, I'm, I'm being obedient to your word. I'm being obedient to your plan. And I feel like I'm about to die out here, and you're taking a nap. 
Oh, but can I remind you, the stuff that gets us so wound up doesn't even move God. The stuff that makes us fear for our life, he sleeps through that kind of stuff. He's not worried about it. And I'll tell you why he's not worried about it. Because he knows he has the power to speak one word. We, we get out of shape. We get all messed up and we think God feels the same way that we feel. But God doesn't feel the same way that we feel. He has been touched with our infirmities. But our infirmities don't bother him like they bother us. He said, I'll sleep through the storm that makes you lose your mind. I'll sleep through the trouble that makes you get all out of whack. God said, it doesn't bother me because I'm the master of the wind. I'm the master of the storm. I'm the keeper. Can I preach to somebody today? I know you're going through. I know you got some stuff going on. I know there's a storm blowing. I know you feel full. But can I remind you today that God is still on the throne. He still has all power. He has never left you and he will never leave you. He has not given up. He has not gone on vacation. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, and Jehovah Nisi. He's your peace. He's your provider. He's your banner. He's your hope. He's your healer. He's still all those things. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. God is still the same. God is still the same. God is still the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, don't you care that we perish don't you care that we're hurting don't you care that we're broken don't you care and he arose sometimes you gotta wake him up you gotta shake him a little bit <laughs> the storm didn't wake him the wind didn't wake him the waves didn't wake him the voice of the ones that he loved Woke him up. <laughs> we, we, we sometimes, we expect God to just be right there, Johnny on the spot. But the stuff that gets us riled up doesn't get him riled up. And, and, and the things that were making them so afraid, he could sleep through those things. You know what he couldn't sleep through? The voice of his child. He could sleep through the wind. He could sleep through the rain. He could sleep through the storm, but he couldn't sleep through the voice of his children who said, Jesus, Jesus. He could sleep through pain. He could sleep through suffering. He can sleep through trauma. He can sleep through the darkest or the brightest, but he cannot sleep through the voice of a son. He cannot sleep through the voice of a daughter who will call out, Jesus, Jesus. He cannot sleep through the voice of a child who will get on their knees in prayer and say, I'm not leaving until I hear a voice from the Lord. I'm not leaving until I get a feeling in my spirit that everything is going to be all right. He can sleep through the pain of your life, but he cannot sleep through the sound of your voice. Oh. He arose and he rebuked the wind. Rebuked it. Here's what he said. He said unto the sea, peace be still. Can you put that up on the screen for me real quick? Brother Gary, if you would. I, I, I remember the night that the Lord showed me this. I was in my home. on diverse, uh, uh, Right when we, we were still 
pastoring on Diversified Drive, had the church on Diversified. I was in my home. I was sitting on the edge of my bed reading, reading that night. I was getting ready to preach a message, and I was reading this scripture, Mark chapter 4, and uh, that's 39, Mark 4 and 39. He arose and rebuked the wind. He said unto the sea, peace be still. And uh, you, can't, you can't really tell it, you can't really tell it here, here because of the font that we have. Uh, but, if, but if you have your Bible, you can pull your Bible up and you can read it for yourself. And what stood out to me in this, ver- in this sentence, what stood out to me, that something that, I don't know, in just a moment it grabbed me. I remember asking my wife, I said, what, what do you think this is? And uh, because in the sentence it says, he rebuked the wind and he said unto the sea, there's a comma, peace, comma, be still. And even if you read it in the original text, it's, 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 it's put in there the same way. He said unto the sea, peace, be still. It's, it's comma, peace, comma, be still. And I, and I, said, to, I, I said to my wife, I said, why, in, 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 my, in my Bible, why is peace capitalized? If you have your Bible out now, or even an app on your phone, you can see it. In, in Mark chapter 4, verses, verse 39, um, the, the word peace, is, if you're reading the King James Version, the word peace is capitalized in Mark. And he rose, rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, peace, be still. He didn't say peace, be still. He said peace, be still. And peace is capitalized. And so I asked, I asked my wife, I said, babe, why? You know, I'm, I, I wasn't really good in school, especially not in no grammar. I said, babe, why, why, would, why would peace be capitalized? She said, well, it's either a noun, a proper noun. Uh, or, or a name that, that piqued my interest, a name, what do you mean? Well, it could be a name. You, you capitalize names. You, the only re- reason to capitalize a word in the middle of a sentence would be that it's a name of something. I said, hold up. So you're telling me that when Jesus spoke to the, when Jesus spoke to the storm, he called it by name. And the storm's name was peace. He, 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 he knew the storm. He knew the storm by name. And I may be taking a little bit of liberty here. That's fine. Because the Bible says this line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, and that's here a little, there a little this Sunday. But it feels good to my spirit. I'll tell you why it feels good to my spirit. Because what it, what it says to me is that Jesus knew the storm by name. And the name of the storm was called peace. This, this storm, this storm was called peace. I, I, I like the effects right now with the lightning. Is that a, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if I asked for that, but it, hey, it's. It's happening. The name of the storm was called peace. If you can't fix them, turn them off. <laughs> the name of the storm was peace. Why, why would you name a storm peace? That's like, that's like naming the most notorious gunslinger in the West, Tiny. 
You know, that's like naming a raging pit bull dog that likes to eat everything and everybody, naming him Todd. It don't fit. You don't, you don't name something that comes to bring chaos. You don't name it peace. It, it's causing trouble in my life. Let's name it trouble. Let's name it heartache. Like, like this storm has caused all kinds of confusion for me. Why don't we name it confusion? Why would you take something that is meant to drive me insane and call it peace? It's because Jesus knew what we don't know. Is that the storm was not sent into your life to destroy you. The storm was sent to direct you. The storm wasn't sent to wreck you. It was sent to wake you up. It wasn't sent to crush you. The storm was sent to correct you. The storm wasn't sent to, to turn your life upside down. It was sent to turn your life around. It wasn't sent to take away your faith. The storm was sent to increase your faith. The storm wasn't sent to, to kill you, but the storm was sent to, to set you up for the greatest faith that you've ever seen in your life. Can I tell you that some of y'all been going through some stuff, myself included, we've been going through some stuff, but God is not letting us go through those things so that he can destroy us or beat us down, but he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He restoreth my soul. He leads me beside the still. He made me. He made me glad. Even when I didn't want to be glad, he made me glad. It was the storm. It was the storm that gave me the faith that I needed. It was the storm that made me realize that God would never leave me. It was the storm that made me realize he was still on the boat with me. It was the storm that gave me peace. It was the storm that gave me my ministry. It was the storm. It was the storm. It was the hard times. It was the low times. Can I preach to somebody today? It, it's your low times that you really find out how you can pray. It's your low times that you really figure out God is on my side. It was the storm that came to teach me. He called it peace because the storm was coming to them to bring them peace. Because when he was done, he said, what manner of man is this? We'll, we'll never be afraid again. We'll, we'll never fear again. Because what manner of man is this? That his voice can calm the sea. That the, the winds and the rain obey him. The sea obeys him. Jesus stepped out on the bow of that ship. And he said, peace. Calm down. Peace recognized the voice of the master. Peace recognized. I know that voice. I know that voice. Peace said, oh, I know that storm. That's, that's the same voice that sent me to find a man named Jonah. <laughs> that's the same voice that sent me to that man who was running away from God. Caused his life to be turned upside down. Caused him to be thrown overboard. 
And when he had finally got into God's will, I ceased. See, peace, the storm, yeah, peace, the storm, he's been working for God for a long time. Him and God on first name basis. He knows the storm. He sends that storm into your life to create peace. After every storm, there is peace. Me and you have experienced it. After hurricanes, you go out that next morning and there's no sunshine like that. You can see what the storm left, but there's such a peace and a calm. There's such a peace and a calm afterwards. That's what God wants for your life, a peace and a calm. The storm is here to remind you that Jesus is still in the boat. It didn't come to wreck you. It come to remind you. God's still on your side. I know you don't feel that way, but God's still on your side. He can sleep through the, rain, the, the, the wind. He can sleep through the rain, but he can't sleep through your voice. He can't sleep through your prayers. Sometimes God sends stuff into our world to change the way we think. I'm reminded of a story in the book of John, chapter 9, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. Music can come. I'm remembered of, of a story in John chapter 9 as Jesus is walking and he passed by, he passed by, he passed by a man. And, and, and the man was blind from his birth. And as Jesus passed by this man, his disciples wanted to know. They said, they said Jesus, one second, we, we got a question. Who sinned, um, this man or his parents, to cause him to be born blind? Like, like why, why is he blind? And because in their mind, this is how it is. You know, if you have an infirmity, it's because you did something wrong. If you got a problem, it's because your parents did something wrong. This is the mindset of them, and it's a lot of times the mindset of us today. Everything in our life is because of somebody. And it's easy for us to blame. We either blame others or we blame ourselves, but we're really good blamers. You ain't got to raise your hand. I know. And, 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 you know, they had to blame his infirmity on something. And so they say, Lord, who's seeing this man or his, or his parents? He would be born blind. And Jesus says, neither. Uh, come on, we got to blame somebody. He said, neither. This man was born blind. This man hasn't sinned. This man was born blind that the works of God should be made manifest in him. And Jesus reached out, touched him, and healed him. He was born blind for the moment. The handicap in his life was not because of anything or anybody. It was just because God wanted to reveal his works in him. Can I help somebody today? You need to stop blaming everything and everybody. You need to get that spirit of blame off of you. And you need to stop blaming yourself. Maybe God let you go through that because he wanted his works to be made manifest in you. Stop blaming your husband. Stop blaming your wife. Stop blaming your children. Stop blaming your mother. Stop blaming your father. Stop blaming it. Maybe God allowed you to go through that pain. Maybe God allowed you to go through that process. Maybe God allowed you to go through that worst moment of your life because he said, I just want to, I want to have an opportunity for my works to be manifest in you. That in that worst moment, you would turn to me 
you would never have turned to me if this wouldn't have happened. If the storm had never come into your world, you would have never woke me up. I would have napped from this side to that side. I would have never shown myself powerful in your life. I could have never comforted you the way I comfort you now. Could have never led you the way I'm leading you now. If you never experienced peace, a storm called peace. Something that's always interested me, and many of you have heard me preach messages about this or teach lessons about it, is the Ark of the Covenant. And if you've never thought about this before, I, to, to me it's just revelation. Like God, God showed me this, it, just, it blew my mind. It gave me so much revelation and it helped me. It helped me. The Ark of the Covenant represents God's power, God's presence. They would march that Ark of the Covenant out into battle. God would give them the battle. David danced as the Ark of the Covenant came back into the place. The Bible says that just because the Ark of the Covenant was left at Obed-Edom's house, that Obed-Edom was blessed, his family was blessed, his neighbors were blessed, his neighbor's cattle was blessed. I mean, like everything was blessed. Just because the Ark of the Covenant was sitting there, it represents the power, the presence of the almighty power of God. And look, even today in Jerusalem, right now there's a place called the Wailing Wall, and they come to that wall and they pray every day. And you know why? It's because that that wall is as close as they can get to where they believe the Ark of the Covenant sits right now. They're still, they're still praying. They're, they're still trying to get as close as they can to that Ark of the Covenant. But you know what was in it? What was in it? What was in that ark? What was in that ark with, with, with the, the Bible calls it the holy things that were in that, in that ark. And you know what it was? It was a pot of manna. It was the broken tablets of the Ten Commandments. And it was Aaron rod, Aaron's rod that budded. And I knew that, you know, growing up, you, you, you know those, those three things are in the ark. Those, those three things, those holy things. God calls them holy things. They're in that ark. But I got to thinking one day, why those things? What? There's no honey and no milk in there. Because that's the Canaan land, right? The land that flows with milk and honey. And in, from Canaan land... There's nothing in that in that ark. We don't we don't have any houses that we didn't build, plants that we didn't plant. You know all this stuff that we're gonna get in Canaan. None of that's in the ark. And you know what? Not only that, but if you think about it, there's no testimony in the ark either. There's no no frogs, no lice, no hailstones. All the things that delivered them from Egypt, like they they're not in the ark either. Like I mean, wouldn't it be cool to have? Some of that water that turned to blood, you know? I mean, that, that represents, that's the testimony of God delivering us, setting us free. Maybe, maybe the, the, the hide off the lamb that we slew the night of Passover. Anything. But there's nothing from Egypt in the ark. And there's nothing from Canaan land in the ark. The only thing that's in the ark is the stuff they got while they were walking in the wilderness. Manna, law, and authority. Law, provision, authority. 
And God says those are the holy things. Not, not what came from Egypt and not what you're going to get in Canaan. What you get in the wilderness. You see what I'm saying? To God's eyes, the holy things are the things you got while you were trying to figure it out. The holy things in God's eyes is all the trouble you went through. Not, not him bringing you out and not no streets of gold and gates of pearl. Those aren't the holy things. And all those things back there in the past, that, you know what God says are the holy stuff? The stuff that I had to fight for, in the, the stuff that I, that I fought for while I was growing in him and I was learning and I was trying to figure it out. God said those, those are the holy things. The stuff that you got in the storm is more valuable than the stuff that you get on the other side. Nothing from this side gets in there, buddies, and nothing from that side gets in here. But it's what happened in the middle of the sea. When the storm was blowing your boat, that's where faith was developed. And what he's telling us is this, is that small seed of faith, that, that, that mustard seed, that he's expounding on his lesson, that mustard seed, unless, it, unless you put it in the ground, unless you cover it up, Unless you put it in darkness, unless it dies, it can never be the greatest faith. I don't know where those disciples' faith was at when they got on that boat, but I know when they got off that boat, they said, this man can do anything. Not only can he walk on water, but he talks to it, and it listens to him. Their faith had grew. You know where their faith grew at? Their faith didn't grow during the parable. Their faith didn't grow when he was laying hands on people and opening eyes. Their faith didn't grow when he called dead men. Their faith grew in the storm. That small amount of faith. It blossomed in the storm. Can I tell somebody, God may be blossoming you right now. God may be directing you right now. If you're going through something, can I tell you, it ain't for nothing. It ain't for nothing. God may have a plan for your life. God may be doing more in this moment than he's ever done before. Right in the middle of a storm called peace. Would you stand with me today? I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.